Like, Sebastian just goes through periods where all he wants to eat are cold fish. Right. I can't get him to eat anything else. And I feel a lot of guilt about it because it's like, I'm trying to get this kid some nutrients and he's not accepting When them. a child right. eats only goldfish, is there poop orange? No. Okay. Can confirm no. Scary fierce. Scary fun. Scary mommy speaks. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Scary Mommy Speaks, the show for women who are owning motherhood in all its glory, pain, and playdates. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And if you don't know Scary Mommy, we're the number one source of info and entertainment for moms across the country. We tell it like it is. No sugarcoating and no impossibly perfect standards. This is the real deal. And if you've been enjoying the ride as much as we have, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts because it actually helps other moms find us. Oh boy, am I ready for this episode. Get ready! Today, we have one of our favorites, OG Mom. She's so fun. She's so awesome. I know, she's always like, I don't know what I'm doing, but here, here's some facts. But this is work. Exactly. (laughs) Trial and error, bye. I love her, and I can't wait to just ask her all the things. She always has really good information. We also are going to talk about something that all moms have. Is it vomit on our clothing? I mean... Yes, but no. We're going to talk about something way different than vomit on the clothing. It feels like emotional vomit, though. Mom guilt. Oh, uh, I hate that subject. I know. At least with regular vomit, you can watch I it I know. Out. I really prefer the regular vomit. But my favorite thing that we have coming up. Oh, we did a little something special for you, Ash. I know. It's a new segment we're calling Cartoon Confidential. We are going to dive into Paw Patrol, give it a really, really hard look. No mercy. But first... Some very hot off the presses trending news after this. You need to hear this, Carrie. All right. I love Lady Sweet. Lady Sweet, is that a special all women's hotel or like a girl group? Oh, no, my friend. It is a rejuvenating botanical oil for intimate skin. Intimate skin, like between your armpits? Oh, no, no, no. I am talking vulva here. Oh. That kind of intimate. It's amazing. You put a little on your fingers, you spread it around, and it helps things like dryness, razor burn, ingrowns, chafing, itchiness, redness, you name it. That's a lot of things. Is there anything Lady Sweet doesn't do? You know what? I honestly don't think so, Carrie. <laughs> Check out Lady Sweet on shop.scarymommy.com. And while you're doing that, don't forget to put in promo code SPEAKS15 for 15% off. By now, we all have some awareness of the devastating effects of Hurricane Dorian, which was a Category 5 storm on the islands of the Bahamas. Today, we have a very special guest to speak to us about what people are facing as they begin to rebuild and how we can help. Sakia Dorset is a filmmaker and a television producer. She was born in the Bahamas and has lived in Brooklyn for 10 years. And so I thank you so much, Sakia, for joining us today. Thank you, Sakia. Thank you guys for having me. Um, You know, it's a really tough time. But, you know, when I was growing up, uh, one of the things that we always had was it's better in the Bahamas. That was our tagline. The Bahamas is a place of tourism. If you've been on vacation, if you've seen the Atlantis ads, you know that that's what it's all about. And so this devastation in Abaco and Grand Bahama is really affecting not only people's lives, but people, but the economy of the Bahamas as a whole. And, you know, um, when you look at what's happened there, you have... The amount of devastation is catastrophic. You know, people, the entire towns have been wiped out. Um, Flooding has happened. People's homes have been wiped out. People's livelihoods have been wiped out. And it's hard to kind of imagine um, people 
trying to rebuild from nothing. You know, the question is, how do you rebuild from nothing? And so it's going to take a lot of support. The amount of evacuations that have had to happen and where will people go from there, it's quite, it's quite an enormous effort. Can you tell us a little bit about growing up in the Bahamas and, you know, kind of what you cherish most about it? You know, I think one of the things that I love is that it's a very neighborhood family feel. You know, that's something that I carried with me when I came to the United States. It was actually a little shocking to know that you could say good morning to someone and they're not going to say good morning back (laughs) because that's like a rule. Wherever you go, you say good morning. That whole feel of the neighborhood and people being concerned about each other and being very proud of their island. Um, Maybe we're just naturally friendly. Leading up to the hurricane, I was very anxious. Of course. Because we didn't know if it was going to hit Nassau, which is the main island where Atlantis is. Mm -hmm. And then it swerved and it went to Freeport, and that's where my aunt lives. And so I was very concerned with her. I think I spoke with her and then on WhatsApp. And she was like, yeah, we're going to be fine. We're in the hurricane. Don't worry. I have my windows battened up and I'll be okay. And then that's it. And then the reports started coming. Yeah the CNN reports and everybody. And I was like, oh, my God, this storm is worse than we expected. And then I couldn't get in contact with her for a while. So I really, like, was really concerned. Finally, she broke through and she told me her story. And I'll just paraphrase it. She was telling me she was in her house, the waters rose, and they realized they needed to get out of the house. For some reason, my aunt... A little bit myself thought she was Superwoman and she would just stay on this desk on the porch and she'd be fine until the waters rose up to the desk. And her friends luckily came back for her and then they were able to get away and find this kind of almost a scene out of a movie, this one light in the distance that they were able to go to and find shelter because there was this bright LED light, she says, that she saw. And they allowed them to come inside and they fed them breakfast. So this is like the hospitality of the Bahamas. I mean, in the storm, you know, you can't turn anyone away. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people did not survive. I think one of the saddest, the most heartbreaking stories I heard is from an area that was a little poorer, where a man and his son were holding on to a piece of wood in the water. And the wave washed over them. And unfortunately, his son was washed away in the wave. He could not hold on to him. And so... You just see, he said, I just watched my son going away from me and just yelling, daddy, daddy. And there was nothing that he could do. Oh, my God. Um, So, you know, you have those types of stories that you just like, some people survived and they can rebuild, but other people have not survived. So could you tell us a little bit about what we can be doing to help? Without a shadow of a doubt, tourism is the number one way the Bahamas makes money. And so... Everybody is very confused about Hurricane Dorian came to the Bahamas and they're like, it's wiped out. Right. The All of the islands of the Bahamas, they're islands. So They're multiple. Multiple. There are many islands that you can still visit for tourism. And it's important that you support in terms of tourism. Because it feeds into the entirety of the, the, right, the, the economy. effort and the economy. Yeah. Definitely. Tourism is the way that we will restore. You can give money, and there's numerous charities. There's a charity called Head Knowles that is one that people are really pushing toward. One of the ones that I am giving to personally is the Bahamas Red Cross. They have set up an Amazon list that they're continuing to update. And so you go to the Amazon list, and you can buy items from that list. tinyurl.com slash help for Bahamas. 
I strongly urge our listeners, if you are of the ability to donate now and then again, maybe donate later, because this is a this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that, that idea of the marathon, because, of course, when something happens, you donate right away. Yeah. But it's almost like a subscription plan. Right. Yeah. It's almost as if, you know, that's why they have this thing called Patreon, where people are donating every month to you, because you do need the resources to sustain the rebuilding efforts. And I know a lot of, you know, we talk about so much the squad. Encourage your squad to give and, you know, tell your friend about it. You know, this is a time that you can gather your squad to do something. I know people have done relief efforts together where they go to places and they rebuild, you know, look up Habitat for Humanity, see what they're doing, get your group together, you know, and really encourage each other as well to to give. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with us, Sakia. It's always important, I think, to realize how personal this is. Yes. It's not just someplace far away that's having something horrible happen. Absolutely. That these things happen, can happen to any of us. Right. And that to make it personal, to say that this could happen to you and your child, this could be your aunt, this could be your grandmother. We are going to have links up to the Red Cross's Amazon page included in this episode's description. So for those who would like to help and buy supplies, please make sure to check it out. Please tell your family that we are thinking about them. Thank you. I mean, one thing we know is that the Bahamian people are strong, and I know that they are resilient, and they appreciate any amount of help that comes their way. And so I thank you for having me today. Thank you so much. We are talking about the G word today. Ooh, the G spot. Oh, I don't even remember what that was like. No, I wish. We're talking about guilt, 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 and more guilt. Nothing, nothing, nothing but guilt. I'm Jewish and I'm a mom. I am the human embodiment of guilt. I'm Catholic, Irish. Well, I'm former Catholic, Irish, Italian. I definitely know the guilt. We're in the same boat (laughs) here. Listen. We all have it. We're not alone. It's a mom thing. Scary Mommy posted an article about a working mom whose son said that he didn't know her because he never sees her. I know. This was a hard article to read. The article is called, My Son Showed Me My Biggest Fear as a Working Mom. If you haven't read it, check it out. In the article, it basically, like, the mom is torn because... Her older daughter, she had promised to take her older daughter out right. uh, to, like, uh, Victoria's, Victoria's Secret. Secret for a sale, and the son doesn't want to come. And she's like, come on, because she was wanting to spend time with her son, too. Come on, you got to go to the mall with us. Blah, blah, and blah. also, she had things to do, because right. that's what happens in life. You have things you need to get done, so and you was, have to bring your kids. He was all emo, like, I don't want to go to a panty store or whatever. Right. Like that. He, I don't think he said panties, but basically, that was what he. that was the gist of it. Sure. So they got in a fight in the car, and the mom did, which I actually really love this. She's like, listen. She's all going to a dark place. She's like, let's just stop for a moment and go around and say what we each like most about each other, what we love most about each other. Right. And when it got to him, he couldn't think of anything that he loved right. about it his mom. Right, it was radio silence. And she was like, are you kidding me? Come on, like trying to make a joke of it, even though it stung that first one. But she really thought maybe he was just kind of being a dick or whatever. Right. And he very plainly said, I, I, I spend most of my time with the nanny or grandma and I don't see you enough to know you what I like what I love about you. Oof. This article, okay. So firstly, I mean my my first thought is, all right, maybe he was just being a little shit and he Because they're fighting and whatever. Right. And he was speaking from a place of anger. But I had to tell you I actually texted my mom this article 
And I said, I don't remember ever feeling like this. And you did work. So how how did you manage that? She has not responded to me yet because she's just bad at texting. But I I genuinely want to know because my mom worked. Both my parents worked. And I've never in my life felt like I don't know them. And I don't want to say anything about this mother because this is a very vulnerable post. And I am not coming at all from a place of judgment because I would feel terrible. She said she's the breadwinner, too. It's, It's a hard it's a hard place. Totally. But I even have a hard time. Like today I'm gone the whole day and I've been texting Lee. I wrote a note. I'm like probably micromanaging him. Not probably. I'm micromanaging him. But I feel horrible. Like she didn't sleep well. She wasn't feeling well. I feel horrible being here. I get that. And I I don't I I feel for you. I'm in the same boat. I understand. But I will say, you know, a, a few weeks ago, a month ago, I don't know. I was having a really hard time handling this working mom thing because Sebastian was starting to act like he really didn't like me. Mm -hmm. And I took to my Instagram stories and was like, hey, you know, working moms, how do you handle this? And a a single childless male friend of mine messaged me and said, you know, you're showing your son what a strong woman is, somebody who works not just to make money, but to be creatively fulfilled, to work towards their goals. I think there's a lot of truth to that statement because I had goals – that I was working towards before Sebastian was even a thought in my mind. Becoming a mother doesn't then mean that you are no longer a human being with your own aspirations. I guess my only issue with that is that we always talk, whenever we talk about the working mom as like, it's a good thing to be a working mom because you're showing your kid you're strong. Why is the working mom stronger than the stay-at-home mom? I don't, I don't think that that's the case. I don't think that Working makes you stronger. I think it, it. people say that you're strong when you're a working mom because of this precise reason. And you feel so bad leaving your kid. And maybe you don't. I mean, I'm just talking for the people who do feel bad yeah. leaving their kids. Because um, I'm sure there are moms out there that are like, thank God I'm out of here today. I actually love that show, Working Moms. Uh, yeah, I, I saw think, the first season. Yeah, that was I actually like that show. I, I, I felt, I hate to see that. I, I overuse this word. I felt really seen. Yeah. With all the different mom's perspectives. Absolutely. I I thought that was really good. Like I said, my mom worked. I still didn't feel like she was not emotionally present for me. I still didn't feel like she wasn't in my on my team. If I had an issue or if I needed to be really parented, my mom was still present. That's true. The circumstance that these kids were in. That's true because my mom worked and I never felt like she wasn't taking care of my my mom knew everything. Emotional needs or whatever. So much so when I was doing like when when I was smoking at 16 years old in alleyways in Hoboken, my mom somehow found a way to be in that alleyway and find me and punish me. And that is true multiple times. So, I, you know. She had like a tracker on you. I swear to God, they must have chipped me as a child. Um, I saw that Black Mirror episode. It did not end well. <laughs> All I'm saying is those two things don't go have to go hand in hand, just like. Being a stay-at-home mom doesn't mean you're weak. Being a a working mom doesn't mean that you're better. None of those—it's all what you make of the situation you're in. It's true. It's true. And that's life, right? It's good because, you know, for a second I thought we were going to get in a fist fight for a second. This is what you thought we were going to get in a (laughs) fist fight over? Just kidding. Jeez. (laughs) Carrie. Yes? You will never guess what I did on the toilet the other day. I think I can guess, and we probably have a drinking game about it. (laughs) No, I actually read a really good book. Oh, 
That's surprising. Not that you read, but just it's not the other thing. Anyway, you're a great multitasker on that toilet. You read the entire book on the toilet? Yeah, it was a really good, like, page turner. It was fun to read. Well, tell me, which one is it? I mean, listen, not that I have time for reading, because the minute I start reading, I just fall asleep. Anyway, what was the book? It's called The Dad Book, Truths, Hacks, and Dadisms. Ashley, I'm not a dad. I know, but it's still a great read, and it gives you a, a peek into the other side. Hmm, that could be like a great book for my man. Exactly. It's the perfect book for the dad who likes to laugh. Here, ready? Picture me in Times Square in a t-shirt. Does Lee like to laugh? Then you gotta see the show. No. <laughs> Do you like comedy? <laughs> Lee likes comedy and he likes to laugh. Obviously, he's with me and I'm just a joke. No, just kidding. I like to laugh. <laughs> well, if you didn't know, The Dad is a counterpart to Scary Mommy. It's the number one media and entertainment brand for dads. And this book is packed with popular jokes from The Dad new never-before-seen content, and it's almost small enough to fit into uh, Lee's cargo short pockets. Lee does not wear cargo shorts. He wears bespoke custom-made Japanese tailored pants. Oh, well, then he it's almost small enough to fit into his bespoke custom Japanese pants. <laughs> if you've got a dad in your life or you just want to peek into the other side, you can find the dad book on Amazon. Just look it up. The dad book. All right, so we are back. With our, our favorite, our queen. Original gangster. OG. OG. OG mom. OG, OG mom. mom. Oh, God. Thanks for coming, <laughs> OG mom. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Uh, we have an important topic to talk to you about. We talk about it all the time between the two of us. Yeah, it's a constant. Mom guilt. Oy vey. Don't you love it? I hate it. Well, What is your biggest, what, personally, what is your biggest mom guilt? Yelling. Yelling. Mm. Yelling. Now that they're, I have two boys, they're constantly fighting, and I'm like, really, it's late at night when you're laying in bed and you're going over your day, and then that's when I feel guilty. You guys are still early. Early. Yeah. For you guys, my only advice to you would be give yourself a break. Go. They're not going to remember when they're this, this little. They're just not. So let's talk about guilt in the school zone. We're getting there. There's a lot of moms that are there right now. What do you think regarding school is the biggest source of guilt? We talked about an article where a mom and her son, her son basically, she's a working mom, very demanding job, a lot like you, I would imagine. And her son said, you know, honestly, mom, I feel like I just don't know you. He couldn't mm-hmm. meant, he couldn't think of one thing he loved about her because right. he didn't know her enough. Oh, and, God. Yeah, which is like horrible, right? Right. You're, you know, you're working all the time, but you're still, you still find time to be present for your kids. Do you find something like this even, like, do you see that, foresee that even being an issue for you? You know, that's tough. I guess it depends on your job. Um, I don't overschedule my kids. They don't do a lot of things. I do that mainly because they hate sports, but also because I just need the time with them. Yeah. So I don't necessarily like we have lazy Sundays. Lazy Sundays I love are the a lazy days Sunday. where we sit around and hang out. Yeah. And you know, we're together. They like it. I do try to have um dinner on the weekends together. I'm really not there during the week for dinner. Um yeah, I mean you do feel guilty. My one son the other day was crying and he said, 
what do you say? I forgot what triggered him, but he was basically like, you work all the time and I never get to see you. Oh, and I'm no. like, oh, my God, rip it's my like, heart it's out. It's like all the kids get a memo that says that's the thing that's really going to tear your mom's heart out right there. Right. <laughs> and and because they're older now and they get it, right? Like right. they, they right. kind of understand what's going on and they see other moms and they're a little bit more into like what's who's where and what, you know. So Do they that's give you shit guilty. about not being able to make all the school things? Um. No, because because I do have the job where I can, you know, leave late. Uh, I'm sorry, go in late, leave early, work from home. I'm there more now. I had worked previously at a corporate network where I couldn't <laughs> leave. Like, it wasn't like that. So it was different. This now, um, I think that they see it. And if I don't, I, I have my parents go. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a grandparent So there's an important there. person. Yeah. It's not like they're being left. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Can we talk about school lunch? I was just going to say lunch guilt. Um, really? Like I specifically, foods. Well, I specifically want to talk about Instagram-worthy school lunch, which is, we've all seen this friggin' post. I hate these Which things. is the bento box with little cheese slices cut into fish, and then the sandwich is cut into a... I don't know. A fish trap. I'm not, I'm not like, good at plating. I've never been good at no, plating. Plating is not our strong suit. But like, who is this a thing? Do moms feel guilty for not making a lunch that's worthy of being Instagrammed? I I don't. I, I, feel like, I couldn't care less. I feel like that mom, unless she enjoys it, needs a therapist. Totally. Oh, my God. Uh, yesterday I was making sandwiches and like it was a squeezable... Mm, uh, mayo, mayo and yeah. I didn't even take a knife to spread it. I was like, I don't just care. Rub I'm it around it. enough, yeah. I didn't even rub it around. I like threw the meat on it, threw it together, and threw it in. You know what I did though? I threw a note in there. Yeah, my mom used to write little notes That's occasionally, nice. not all the time, but if I she knew I used to get really stressed out. I was a bad test taker, so I would really on days of tests like oh, that's I was nice. a mess. My mom used to write me little notes. Yeah. That's I, that goes a longer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who like. I might not have washed the and, grapes, but I did write you a letter. <laughs> Do you feel guilt about whether your food is healthy that you're packing for your kids? Like, yes, you I, do. I, well, I will say, like I Sebastian get it. just goes through periods where all he wants to eat are cold fish. Right. I can't get him to eat anything else, and I feel a lot of guilt about it because it's like I'm trying to get this kid some nutrients, and he's not accepting. When a them. child right. eats only goldfish, is there poop orange? No. Oh, okay. can confirm no. Okay. Um, so. Uh, my oldest is pretty independent. I'm like, go, I go downstairs and he like made himself a bowl of cereal at like five. I'm like, okay, you can't. He's I 10, like, right? F- he's nine. nine. I feel like your oldest son is going to make a great partner for someone yes. like me, which is like, I'm kind of, I like my partner to like be very self-sufficient. We hang out when we oh. want. Yeah. Like, I feel like. Hi, that's from years of ignoring my kids. So you guys <laughs> might feel really guilty about it now, but in the end, it's They've actually great beneficial. Partner. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you. It only matters if they're happy and healthy. That is it. If they don't eat, you know, a vegetable for the week, what can you do? Life like, goes on. Is that how you manage the mom guilt? Like, you're like, I'm going to assess my child's happiness, and if my kid's happy, I'm going to not let that guilt run me. Is that is that like one of yeah, your tactics? Yeah, I, I try. I think that, like, obviously you don't want your kid to feel like he's entitled and right. he's spoiled and, and all this stuff. and. You want them to be humble and appreciative. But I do feel we had a really bad year when my son, he has a learning disability and he just was having a hard time and he was really depressed one year. Like Aww. I did not know what to talk about mom guilt. Like I did not yeah, know like, how to help this child. How, that, that's got to be He cried feeling. every day Aww. going to school. And Aww. then you feel guilty because you don't you're annoyed them, by yeah. it. Like I was mad by it. I was like... 
you know, I and then I'd walk away and he'd be crying and then I'd be upset and then he, the teacher would have to come and, you know, escort him in. And it was just really hard. That's so hard. Yeah. And it got to be to the point where you kind of have to give everybody a break. You know, like you can't feel guilt because then he'll feel guilt. And then I think I was making him feel guilty because I'm like, you know, you can't do this every morning. You can't cry. We can't start the day like that. And I just think it was just the guilt was just piling up on everybody. Him, me, you know, the family, his brother, like everybody. That's when someone needs a good fart joke. Just, right. That's the cut, cut, cut. Cut the cheese. Cut and the then, cheese. Right. <laughs> right. So you just have to give everybody a break at some point and then just kind of go from there. Yeah. And just reset and say, all right. How so do you do, do that? over? Because that's my resetting in general is your, very hard. It starts with you. Like just being like, I'm not going to do it this week. I'm not going to feel guilty. I mean, what do you feel with Sebastian? What is going on? What do you feel so guilty about? I mean, right now I'm feeling a lot better. When it really was an issue, my my main concern was like he was acting like he didn't like me. Like he wanted nothing to do with me. He, I would ask, you know, like I would come home and want to give him a hug and he'd be like, no. Like he just didn't like me. So I just felt like, oh, wow, did... did getting a job that I've always wanted, like really screw up my son that much. And then long story short, he ended up being very sick. Um, Nothing life-threatening, just like a bad stomach issue. And we were in the hospital, and all he did was hug me. Mm -hmm. All he wanted was mom the entire time, and I feel like that reset everything. what an icebreaker, a nice hospital visit. I know. (laughs) But it like reset everything, and I didn't do anything except I was there for my kid. Um but that's that's my concern. And I also knew as an adult, like, are you really going to let the feelings of a two-year-old dictate whether you go and have a job? Or, like, are you going to go about things and let him figure it out and realize, like, mom's, you know, mom's still here for me 80% of the time. Right. Yeah. That's, I, I just, I feel like in general resetting, like, not specifically in the subject, resetting is very difficult. Like, stepping away, stepping outside of an issue and saying okay, this is not happening anymore, and I'm taking a different approach because you get so... You almost have blinders on, right? Like, you don't even realize it's happening. Right. I think it starts a little bit every day. Yeah. A little bit every day. It's like, today, I'm not going to feel guilty about leaving for an hour to get a manicure. I'm just going to do it, and everyone will make it, and everyone will survive, or I'm not going to feel guilty about going to work and doing something that makes me happy, um, he's too, you know, he'll definitely, right, like he'll he's never adapt. remember. Right. He's and gonna, they do adapt. Yeah. And my kids know now, especially with my job, I'm working and, you know, sometimes it's a problem and we'll talk about it. And then I buy them something on Amazon and everyone's really happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's Take li- them to Comic-Con. Right. And everything's fine. I'm like, you're fine. You're good. Well, thank you so much because I feel like this is a subject Every single mom can relate to in one way, whether they're little, older, whatever it is, we all kind of deal. It's this universal concept. I'm right. so programmed for guilt that I feel guilty that we took you away from your job to come talk to oh, us. I don't. <laughs> don't. I loved it. It was fantastic. Just remember, you're going to fail a little bit every day, but you'll hopefully have a lot of wins, you know. Oh, that's a really great perspective. I that's like a good that. tattoo, except it's very long. I know. You'll <laughs> fail a little, but win a lot. There yeah. you go. Ooh. Right. Yeah. Dropping that knowledge. Listen. Gotta, gotta do it. We love you, OG Mom. Love you guys. Thanks for coming. Love it. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Cartoon Confidential. Cartoon Confidential.
So today we're going to do a segment called Cartoon Confidential, where we shall do a deep dive into a cartoon. Okay, so let's do it. Let's get started on our first segment of Cartoon Confidential with Paw Patrol. Um, All right, so let me summarize what Paw Patrol is real quick. Paw Patrol is the tale of six crime-fighting pups who speak in a town called Adventure Bay. And this squad, the Paw Patrol, is run by a 10-year-old boy, Ryder. <laughs> Who's evidently from the Jersey Shore. <laughs> he really looks like Bolly D. And the whole story is just these pups solving very small misdemeanors. Yeah. Very, very small misdemeanors. Yeah. Like a dock breaking because jelly, there's a jelly structure that starts to melt and the crabs eat away at the dock. All right, so let's let's go into this. My first question is, where are Ryder's parents? It's he, true. He's a 10-year-old boy. He's who, got a dope crib. Yeah, uh, he, I don't even think that's his house. The, 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 uh, you don't think he lives there? No, the Adventure Tower. I, I can't believe I can. What is this? What else does his... If that's not his house, what does I his mean, house look like? I mean, I've never like? seen a bed. I've seen dog beds. Even the dogs, they sleep in their cars. <laughs> they do. They They're sleep like in their cars dogs. at the base. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. They Oh, it's the lookout tower. Sorry. So the lookout tower, I have one in my home. They have cars at the bottom, right. and they all sleep in their damn cars. I just assumed that Ryder lived. His house, if it he— It doesn't look like there are bedrooms in the in the lookout tower. Well, he takes a lot of work <laughs> with his hair. That hair gel, it's some Jersey Shore business right there. But, but here's the other thing. Who is funding the Paw Patrol? Because let's not— Maybe I Ryder's mean, parents died— and they left him this huge inheritance. Uh, it and has, this is how he wants to spend it. It has to be funded by the state or government somehow because, A, they fight crime. And the city's into it. Lit- the city is into The it. city that has two mayors. One mayor looks like the Monopoly guy. Yeah, Mayor Mayor Humdinger <laughs> and Mayor Goodwin. He's like an evil guy with cats, which is propagating. I mean, I don't like Who's cats Who's reelecting him? But he's propagating the theory that cats are terrible and evil. Why does every evil person have a cat? Also, never trust, I mean, I don't a, never trust that. a man that carries around five cats with him. Never trust a man. <laughs> Who looks like the Monopoly And travels on their kitty carrier. He uses that as a car, okay? Also, the cats are in cages, but the dogs aren't, which I I mean, it's okay. How about the dogs are the ones that talk (laughs) and no other animal talks? Why? There's that farmer that has all these other animals and none of those animals. Chipoletta, my favorite character. I I I just want to say to whoever actually is responsible for Chicoletta, thank you. Is she the town mascot too? No, she's Mayor Goodway's like prized possession. Because there's statues of her Because the mayor loves her. The mayor should not be able to to decide what statues get put in. I also want to say that uh, a viewer responded to my confession and sent this amazing (laughs) email. She said, my husband and I have answered all the questions you raised. The U.S. Department of Defense is funding the island, which is in the Galapagos. That that explains a bunch. The dogs are genetically modified, as are the humans. Humans reach peak intelligence at about 13, then go through an intellectual regression. We have put too much thought into Paw Patrol. This woman and her husband, her partner, whatever. Yeah. You want to be best friends? Did we just become best friends? Because that is so good. If you have a cartoon your child forces you to watch day in and day out over and over and over and over and over and over again, email us at speaks at scarymommy.com and type cartoon confidential in the subject. Man, we can't wait to analyze your oh, cartoon. Our new favorite thing. <laughs> Confession time. Shh. 
All right. It's time. Drum roll. No? Okay. Time for confession. Confession. Every week we tell our deepest, darkest secrets to literally everybody who's listening. I'm going to start today. All right. Thank you. Um, God, this is a kind of embarrassing. I'm kind of embarrassed to uh, announce this, but I couldn't think of another confession. This summer, I have been dealing with this very strange skin thing where I get pimples on my neck. And I cannot for the life— Do you I, have oily shirts? No. And here's—I told this to somebody. This is why it's embarrassing. I said this to somebody, and they were like, do you not wash your neck? I was like, yes, thank you very much. I do wash my neck. I don't know what's well, it's not happening. Like you're a toddler where you have like fat right. rolls and you can't lift understand. up the washer neck. My theory is that my shampoo or something is like leaving. Or your sheets? Maybe you need to wash your your. No, I've been case. even very meticulous about mm. that. That's why I can't figure out what Must it is. Be, it's just got to be hormonal. What a weird hormonal spot to get it. Anyway, well, you, you look great in a neckerchief. So it's an that's easy why I've been. Thing. I mean, I always wear a neckerchief anyway. Not always, but it's a big look for me. See, well, I didn't even notice because I'm attracted to your neckerchief. Yeah. So. If, there's, that's my confession. Isn't that a weird one? I know. I like it. <laughs> so my confession, it sort of went with our Labor Day episode, I guess. Um, I had a mega crush on my OBGYN. A girl crush. Yeah, a girl crush. Not like I actually wanted to like make out with her. But I mean, that can happen too. She was so fabulous. The first time I met her, she like had come in on her day off to like check in because I had a little I scare. And she was head to toe Alexander McQueen. And now it's your turn, Scary Mommies, to get a load off. Go to our confessions page and pour your little hearts out. Today, as we do every week, we read your confessions with a dramatized voiceover. Who knows? Your confession might be on this week. Let's find out. I hate spending the day with my husband on holidays. It's a preview of retirement, and it's not pretty. Oh, that makes me sad. My partner works from home, so we do see a yeah. lot of each other. So sometimes Same. I'm just like, I would really like it if just one day you left so I could just have the run of the place. Right, but this doesn't sound like, like I don't disagree with you. I amen to your, your sentiment, but that sounds sad. Also, I don't really plan on retiring. I don't want to think about it. I rarely wear sweatpants and I hate wine. I love coffee, though. Who are you? Also, I Reveal don't care. yourself. <laughs> Reveal yourself. But I don't like chocolate, and I feel like people give me shit about that, so I feel her on that one. People are so fucking weird naming their inanimate objects. Stuffed animals are okay, but ceramic flamingos? Fucking loons. <laughs> Who names a ceramic? Guess- I name everything. I, na- I mean, I named my car. I named some other things. Yeah, my like laptop has a name. My oh, phone has a name. That's a little weird. I don't have one that. of my laptops was Mac Jagger. <laughs> is that not a great name? Thank you. My Kia is Kia Isadora. We have Madge the Vag ready and willing to answer all of your most intimate questions. So if you have questions on post-pregnancy sex, keeping up your lady bits, keeping them feeling fresh, top vibrator suggestions, low sex drive, what? Evs, we got you covered. Just leave Madge a note, or even better, a message at 646-360-0189, and she'll respond in an in, in, uh, um, upcoming episode. All right, mamas. Thank you so much for joining us today. We had such a blast. 
And if you love this show, make sure you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help more moms find us. And if you want some more Scary Mommy in your life, be sure to subscribe to Scary Mommy Speaks wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want even more Scary Mommy, check out our articles and videos on ScaryMommy.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Scary Mommy Speaks is a Some Spider production. This episode was produced by Dorothy Abrams and Julie Katakis, edited by Dorothy Abrams, and recorded and mixed by Weston Plonger. Music provided by Audio Network. Special thanks to Sam Bellingham and Angelina Powers at Vinyl Mix. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. So email your comments to speaks at scarymommy.com. Scary Mommy Speaks. <laughs>